All right. Well, we are back. It's that time of the week again for Neighbors Don't Welcome Knock. Welcome back to the house. No, like I live here. It's not like I'm welcomed back. Can we really consider it a house anymore? I mean, it's morphed into a full-on it's studio. A B on B. Or not B on B. That would be weird. B and B. <laughs> B, all you can be. That's right. But let's be ready for this episode. Welcome to the podcast, Neighbors Don't Knock. The show where two neighbors drop by for conversations that are fun, relevant, and downright hilarious. Join them and special guests in their mission to talk about anything and everything and laugh about it no matter what. Now, here's your hosts, Brian Chambers and Philip Goffrey. Hello, hello. Welcome to all you loyal listeners out there and friendly, friendly neighbors. I just, I get so in the mood with, with the tune, dude. <laughs> dun, I just, dun, dun, dun. it was such a good choice. Well done. I, I owe you props for that one. I mean, it just puts you in a good mood. I mean, you hear this song and just, I dare anybody to try to be in a bad mood listening to it. I know. It's it. a throwback to season one, too. It just, it just, I think it, it's, if a, it ain't fixed, well, it ain't it's going to stick, it man. It's going to stick. We're not it. getting rid of this. We're not getting rid of this song. It is our signature song. But you guys have tuned into Neighbors Don't Knock. We want to thank you guys. We are in season four, episode four. four. That's right, episode four. And if you haven't heard us before, well, first of all, thank you for tuning in. We'd love you to subscribe to the podcast. You can go back and listen to other episodes from seasons one and two. We have had amazing guests over the past, well, now four seasons. Yeah, it's true. We have more to come. So be sure to check out the YouTube channel. Check us out anywhere you can find your podcast. We are basically omnipresent. Yeah, yeah. I, I usually always do this and I, I, I take a moment. It's like a moment of silence for all of you to go subscribe. I thought that was so I can take a sip of my bourbon. Well, that too. Subscribe. Fair enough. And then you take a sip of your bourbon. But you know what, Philip? There are other podcasts out there. <laughs> there are. It's uh, true. There are some great podcasts, and there's a really good one that we want to uh, recommend. It You should check out BXG Podcast, where pop culture and nerd culture meet at the nexus of the universe. Yeah, absolutely. TV, movie, music, video game, news, and reviews available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, Good Pods, Podbean, and every other podcast service around the globe. Yeah, and they're also available on YouTube with vid video reviews. So check them out. They're really great. Uh, but today is a great day because we have a neighbor that has stopped by. And all of you that tuned in, I know you guys are anxious to hear and meet our neighbor. So let's jump right to it. Our neighbor has had three decades in the financial service industry and more than a decade as an independent small business owner, which is more than what I can say. I'm not good with the finances. So this is great that we have this neighbor. I'm here I, to help I need you, this. and our new neighbor is here to help us. So. It, they, he is. He also has a new book that's out, and he's going to talk a lot about that today. But let's get him on the show. We want to welcome Mr. Gabe Nelson. Hello. Hey, guys. Thanks hey, for Gabe. having me on. I appreciate it. Well, thank you for coming on. Yeah, welcome to Neighbors Don't Knock. And you are coming from the cold realm of South Dakota in Sioux Falls, which we, we talked about earlier. Minus 13, no, not 13 degrees feels like negative one. Is that, is yes, that, what, is that what we, we determined? <laughs> Which we, we can't contemplate that low of temperatures here in Texas. No, in fact, Gabe, not to rub it in, but I actually just turned the air conditioner on here in the home <laughs> studio. So Gabe's probably hiking up the heat right now. It's like a little foot warmer. I bet you, I bet you have like two pairs of socks on right now. 
I, I actually do not have two pairs of socks, but what I do have is a space heater in my, my office because it is so cold in here. And uh, yes, it is freezing cold right now. And th- that 13 is the high of the day so far. Oh. So, uh, and it's going to get worse. We, so we, we would know what, what to it do. Our, our power grid shuts down, you know, when, <laughs> when, when it gets too cold, Texas, we just, they, they just, it's like, they just give up. Yeah. The third world country <laughs> that is, that is Texas. <laughs> There's like, we don't know. We don't know. Good luck, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> you know. No, Gabe, I can relate, man. I'm, I moved to Texas from Ithaca, New York, and it was always super duper cold up there. You know, snow that only goes horizontally. It never falls vertically. It's uh, I, I don't miss it. I don't miss it, but you know. I miss it was pretty. Well, I'm sure I'm sure Na- yeah. nature is pretty. It was very pretty. But it's just like, you know, I like camping too, but I don't want to camp permanently, yeah. you know. Not not so much the cold. Well, let's get into it. So Gabe, uh you have had 3 decades, 3 decades of being a financial advisor. I mean, how did you fall into that? Oh, uh well, when I was in college, I I got a taste of self-employment and uh, basically started looking at careers and different things that I was going to do with my life. And, and I, I knew one thing, I loved being self-employed and I wanted freedom. I wanted to have the opportunity to coach my kids' activities, do whatever I was going to need to do, make as much money as I possibly could, but then have the freedom to choose how I was going to do it. And so I started looking at the insurance industry like a whole lot of people do. And I went right into the insurance and financial services industry right out of college. And uh, I basically realized that the straight insurance and financial services side, all of that wrapped into one wasn't exactly where I wanted to be. And so I moved into the financial advisory side of the business, really focusing on financial advice, financial planning, and then helping people really kind of put plans together to achieve their goals. And that's where I morphed into over the years. And I could go into more details than you guys would really even care as to how I got there. But short, sweet, and simple. I've been self-employed my whole entire life. I found this as a niche that I could jump into. I had no money when I graduated from college. I was actually in debt. And well, where did you go to business. where did you go to college? Sorry for interrupting. Where did you go to college? I went to South Dakota State University in Brookings, South Dakota. Okay. is where I went. So mm-hmm. so you're you're born and raised South Dakota? Is that No. No. no born oh. in Iowa. Oh, born, born in, in Iowa. Iowa. Okay. Uh which uh, Sioux City, Iowa, which is an hour south of where I'm at right now. Um I went to South Dakota State to play football in college. Oh, um, there you go. South yeah. uh, What did, what position did you play in college? I was a running back. I was a running back. Yeah, short so, li- short-lived career for anybody right there. <laughs> uh, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I have to be careful. I have to be careful when I say I was a college football player because I went there to play college football and I was on the team for about three years. And the third year I actually quit halfway through the season. And the reason is, is we went to go play North Dakota state university, huge rival. And we got beat 47 to 10 and three guys on the bus did not play. Now I made the traveling team. I had a scholarship. Uh, and, um, it was clear I wasn't going to get a play. I mean, all the coach would have had to do is give me five seconds at the end of the game, a scrub time. And I would have been thrilled. And, uh, we basically me, a guy that was hurt. And then a freshman quarterback that they didn't want to ruin his red shirt. They basically did not put in that game. So we got home on the bus. I went to the coach's office the next day. I'm like, you going to play me? He's like, no. And I'm like, I'm done. This is stupid. 
Um, you didn't so have quit. the guys from the team like do the whole Rudy thing and come in and be like, Coach, put him in for me. I'm not no. going to dress. Play. <laughs> no, but here's the funny thing is the funny thing is, is I went home that weekend and I'm listening to the game because um, I'd, I'd quit. So I went home. I hadn't been home for a while. And my dad's like, you want me to call a coach? I'm like, nope, this was my decision. I'm not doing this. And the crazy thing is I was the fourth string running back. Okay. So not great prospects to be able to get on the field. Well, that game that I'm sitting home watching the number one and number two running backs went out with knee injuries. So now they're down to the third string running back the following week, the third string running back gets hurt. So the offensive line coach tells my best friend, who's the starting center. He's like, dude, it's too bad. Gabe quit. He'd be playing. I mean, I, I literally see him like not even realize they're like, get Gabe in here. It's like, wait, wait, he's not here. What? What? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But the, the, the thing I tell people, anybody that ever is willing to listen and you guys have me on your podcast, at least for another five more minutes. So you're willing to listen. <laughs> You've got at least that. Much. That's true. We do have yeah. a timer counting down right now. No, I'm just <laughs> Exactly. So I tell anybody that that is willing to listen is, is it taught me a huge lesson. I mean, when I went to South Dakota State to go play college football, I had four priorities. Number one priority was chasing girls. Number two priority was partying. Number three priority was school. And number four priority was football. I didn't even <laughs> read the darn playbook. I mean, come on. <laughs> so the reality of the situation is, is I had no business being there on that team unless I was going to put pro football at least at number two. I mean, number one should have been school or it could have been chasing girls. And then number two could have been, you know, reading the playbook. Football. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm sure yeah, your yeah. wife yeah. is loving this right now, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yes. Well, and her and I've been married. It'll be 27 years. So oh, we, congratulations. We, we, yeah, it'll be 27 years here in June. So she, but she will also tell you she would not have dated me while I was playing football. But once I quit, then she, you know, then she was willing to date me because I knew who she was and she knew who I was in not the right way. <laughs> oh, so, so not, not yes. it was one of those like, no, I don't date football players type of mentality, like an or just an athlete. Just yeah. Kind of okay. Yeah. My, my wife actually wouldn't have dated me in college for sure. Oh, I, my. And, and I was not an athlete. Yeah, dude, no, no. I, I, think, I think all three of us gentlemen on this particular uh, recording can agree that none of our, no, my wife would have, like, 10 foot pole would have been Yeah, exactly. Prodding maybe to, maybe to Mace on. would have been in hand at one yeah, point, you yeah, know, so. Exactly. Oh. Gabe, so so when you when you got yourself out of school, when you when you realized football wasn't for you, and and that and that you moved on from that, and then you moved on from uh, graduating school, did you go right into business for yourself, or were you an FA for a big firm, or how'd that all play out? I started in the insurance side, and so I went into the insurance side of the business in a big company, but the way that their format was set up, it was straight up. I mean straight on your own. You build your own business, you buy your own office furniture, you do your own thing and we'll train you. Cause I mean, I was 23 years old and, uh, it was like, okay, I'll figure this thing out. Now, was that like I a morphed, pure, was that a pure commission, like eat what you kill environment or was it a, a little salary and then bonuses based on production kind of thing? Uh, it was in the very beginning, it was a little bit of like just enough to pay your bills salary that gotcha. you um, had to earn out. So it wasn't like it was free. You had to earn it out um, and then you'd get commissions on top of it. And then 
uh, through a few iterations of that, I thought I wanted to be in management. I thought I wanted to be that coach on the sidelines with the, with the suit on teaching other people how to do it and realized I'm a terrible manager of people. <laughs> I think this is apparent when, when we, you quit football. <laughs> I can relate to that though. You know, it, 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 it really is amazing that, that sometimes you can be very good at instructing people and motivating people, but not necessarily good at corralling and managing and, and kind of the whole micro aspect of it. Right. I can relate to that entirely. Well, mm -hmm. I, I love that you you kind of stuck with it, but let me ask you this because there was a, a moment in my life in my twenties that I almost ended up in the insurance business as well. Um, do you deal a lot with one? Do you deal a lot with insurance companies still, and is their model pretty much the same as it has been? Uh, the answer is no. I let my life insurance and my property I let all my insurance licenses go, um, and basically, it, it was because it was just not worth my time anymore. I mean, in the financial advisory side and the things that I do for my clients and the planning and the asset management and stuff like that, it's just way more financially rewarding. And frankly, it's way more fun. But the answer to your question is yes, that model is still the same. It's they bring you in, you eat what you kill, and you basically either make it or you don't. And um, pretty brutal. It, it is brutal. I mean, and Part of that stint that I told you guys, I tried to be a manager. I didn't want to be the manager on the sidelines of the football team. I wanted to be the manager and the coach in the, in the insurance and financial services industry. So I would teach, recruit them. I would teach them. I'd show them how to do it. And if they couldn't do it, I'd go do it for them. And then they'd get paid. And uh, I realized that this is stupid. I mean, I'm also just going to do this myself. Sounds like the insurance business is like the Oregon trail, you know, Maybe one person makes it so far that everyone else dies of scurvy or, or dysentery or something. I mean, this is the story of my life. I'm loving hearing about this because I'm not in the insurance industry, but I, I'm an oil products broker and it's, it's the same kind of deal. So I'm, I'm totally, you know, it's uh, the carcass is being chewed on by the lions I already got there. You got to move on. Next. Hope you find water before yeah. you drop Ooh, somewhere. You're excited. Fresh fruit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me, let me ask you this, Gabe. Okay. So moving into as a financial advisor, because a lot of people, you, you hear people that are financial advisors, but you don't actually know what that means. Can you tell it, tell our listeners and educate us a little bit what a financial advisor really is and, and does? I'm going to have a little fun with this. All right. So the, the first thing I'll say is what a financial advisor does is helps you create a financial plan to achieve your goals. That's what a financial planner does. That's what a lot of financial advisors do. They'll do financial planning. Some financial advisors will specialize and they'll only manage money in a certain way and just invest money. So there's, there's different iterations of it. But what I'll say is in the financial advisory world, the ones who are really doing it well and building great businesses and taking care of people for their whole self. We are marriage counselors. We are guidance counselors. We are therapists. We are um, mindset trainers. We are, um, we're, we're examples of how to live. We're, I mean, just all these other things come into play because really the, the, the whole idea of this business, it's all about relationships. Like anything else, it's all relationships. And once you start to understand what makes people tick and, and how you help them. And, and then also what keeps them from doing stupid shit, 
am sorry for saying shit, but oh, people no, no, do we're, stupid we're an explicit shit. show here, so okay, let, it, let him fly. Right. Let, let it go. Right. Uh, you'll get well, a you'll get an email from my mother, I'm sure. But <laughs> other than that, you, other than that, you're good. We're good because pe- people do stupid stuff with their money. Uh, I mean, because money is so emotional, people do stupid stuff. So we're also behavioral behavioral scientists and behavioral psychologists. I mean, it's just it's crazy. So. What I tell people that I do is I help get an understanding of what your goals and objectives are. I take you by the hand and I guide you through the rest of your life, through the changing business and financial landscape so that we can get you from point A to point B without falling off of the trail and going down the cliff in simple terms. And I keep you from making the stupid mistakes. And that's really what I see it as. Um, And I'll I'll tell you, I, I have a three daughters. I have a 21 year old, an 18 year old and a 15 year old. And my 21 year old would be amazing in this business. But she's like, dad, I hate math. I said, this is not a math business. This is a people business. You are great with people. And these are the things that I do. And so she kind of looked at me and was like, oh, I think I might want to do that someday. Like, great. There's going to be a great business for you to take over someday if you want to. That, that's, that's really good cool. to hear, actually, because, you know, I, again, I wasn't good at math. I mean, it, I, I used math and I use it every day. Everyone uses it every day. But You're I, still I, not great at math. I know, I'm still not great I'm, at math. I'm going to throw it out there right now. <laughs> no, that's, that's, I love it's you, not buddy, really a secret. I mean, I'm, that's why I'm an actor. I'm just like, how many parts are there? That's all I got to know, those numbers. No, um, you know, it, it is good to hear because I feel, and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, I mean, especially in, in your line of work, but I feel most jobs are losing a little bit more of the personal touch. With, with things that the the connection that we have and, and and again part of it is the the digital age that we live in which i i really understand but in general we, we've talked about this on the show before even connecting just with like servers at a restaurant or something there's something about the connection between people and customer service and and just the caring that just seems to be there's a small gap and to hear you say that that that's what it really takes to be a financial advisor is really a warm feeling for me. I really like to hear that because I would want a good relationship with someone that's helping me manage my finances. It's refreshing for sure. But I'm curious, I want to bring it from the, from the, you know, the macro level down to a micro level here a little bit with you, uh, sir, because you and Brian met at the podcast convention and podcast movement. So you are a, a fellow podcaster. You've taken it upon yourself to go out and, and market uh, your opinions and your services and, and sort of try to help with your mentorship in a very free and open way. And I find that kind of fascinating. And, I, and your, your podcast is called Solopreneur Money, correct? Correct. Okay. So your focus now is much more on small business, yeah, than just being a general sort of do everything FA. It looks like you really kind of tailored yourself towards, you know, people like us. But how, how did that come to be? How did you decide that you wanted to focus your efforts on kind of entrepreneurs and small business mentalities versus, you know, just the normal pool that everyone kind of falls into for an FA? That's an awesome question. Um, here, and thanks for asking that. About three years ago, four years ago, I reached a point with my practice that I was just getting bored. I literally was like, okay. I kind of got this thing down. I'm working, you know, I could probably do this in 20 to 25 hours a week. Um, all right, well, I'm going to go play golf three days a week in, in the short summer that we do have in South Dakota. And <laughs> that, that, that was your summer, oh, right? Oh, wow. I was going to say yeah, three weeks, but exactly. you get three days. <laughs> yeah. 
it, it was over before he knew it. So anyways, I was like, I'm going to go play by golf. Hole nine, you're like, uh, winter's coming. <laughs> yeah, three, I love three it. weeks of summer, three days of sunshine. Go swing a club. Exactly. Get it done now and make sure you have bourbon with you because that's the best way to play golf. So anyways, <laughs> that's the best um, way to do anything. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Exactly. And so I started to get bored. And when I started to get bored, I started to, you know, go try to do other things. And I realized I didn't want to play golf, you know, three days a week, two, one or two was enough, et cetera. And so I sat back and I looked at my practice and I said, all right, who do I really have the most fun working with? Like literally fun. Don't worry about the money. Don't worry about anything else. Just who do I have the most fun with? So I listed all my clients and I went through and I just started to notice patterns of the, my favorite clients. They all were solo business owners or husband and wife teams, or maybe a business owner with one employee. And I just, I, I honed in on that. And I started looking for more characteristics and all the planning I was doing and the advice that I was doing and the relationships that were built, it all came back around to, this is who I want to work with for the rest of my career. Um, I built it up to a point where I don't have to bring new clients. Now I bring on people that really excite me so that I can just have a blast working with them. They get all of me. And then it's a great experience for the two of us. And it was that world of solopreneurs. And so as I was starting to think about how to market it when it comes to a podcast and how to really kind of put it into words, I started doing research and I came across this word solopreneur. And so I dug into it. I'm like, that's who I need to go after because that is who I have the most fun with. And I'm a solopreneur as well. I'm a solo business owner. I do not have W-2 employees. I have a bunch of contract people that support me and that's exactly how I want it. So I know every decision that you guys as solopreneurs have to make on a daily basis because I do it already. And I know all of the financial things that you need to be doing because I do it already. And so I just thought this is an area that I can be in my genius for the next 20 years of my career and I can have an absolute blast doing it. Why the heck would I ever retire then? I mean, if I could get it to doing that, why would I ever stop? You couldn't have given a better, a better answer, Matt. That's such a lovely, lovely and concise answer. I, I really appreciate you opening up and sharing it. What I find so fascinating about it, you know, when I was looking at your, at your podcast and Brian was telling me the story about how you two met, it, it doesn't seem to me that you, and you, you kind of summed this up in your answer already, but it doesn't seem to me that you need to have the podcast element, that you need to have that as a marketing tool. I actually love that because we have a theme here in the show that we just sort of stumbled into when Brian and I first started this podcast last year. And, and we just happened to basically find new neighbors and ways to expand our neighborhood with people that genuinely are lifting other people up, that are genuinely reaching out and offering themselves in a way that betters other people's lives and it's just their nature. And it's very, very clear to me that you fall directly into that sort of niche that we've stumbled into. And I really appreciate that. Well, in all honesty, it started with bourbon. Well, fair enough. <laughs> well, what we did. Well, yeah, we did. We, yeah. It started with bourbon as we stumbled into it. But you're right. Yeah, Philip's absolutely right. Yeah, we, and Gabe, I don't blame you for being bored with golf because I, you know, <laughs> I can't even, I can't even be around the game personally. But, <laughs> but, but no, it's true. It, I just, I thank you for for offering yourself sort of out there and putting yourself out there and doing things like podcast movement because obviously you don't have to do that, and that, that's a wonderful thing that you're willing to kind of like 
risk being on the world stage. I mean, podcasts, YouTube channels, literally anybody on the planet can find us. I, I would tell you this, I am having a blast because there's A, there's no pressure. Uh, B, it's just literally, like you said, I'm just sharing wisdom. I'm just trying to help people. And what I do know is eventually somebody's going to raise their hand and they go, hey, I want you to help me. And they're going to be the right person and it's going to be an amazing experience. And I'm going to have another friend around the world that's just going to be fun to take care of and to work. And um, the side benefit of this podcast, starting this podcast, is I am meeting some really cool people and I am having a blast. I mean, like today uh, alone, I think I've met four new people from around the world as podcast guests that are going to be coming on my show. And these are people I never would have met. And, and the neat thing is, is they're all people that are very similar to me because just like you guys, and they're small business owners running their own thing. They're having fun with a podcast. I mean, if it wasn't dry January for me, I would be drinking bourbon with you guys. Um, is is so, dry January something you do every year? Yeah. My wife and I started it a couple of years ago and we do it every year. It's just kind of a nice reset of like, all right, we got that out of the way. Cause I kind of like that actually. January, I, I do. I kind of, I, I don't know if I could do it, but yeah, I, I, I kind of like that. I, you guys like, kind of like that. I like <laughs> <laughs> but I, I did notice, uh, you, you know, you also not just golf, but you snowboard. That that is yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. I see you're you're oh, into look the look at that look. That's the look of oh yeah, yeah. So oh, yeah. I, I mean, we I know we were just, not to jump, but we were talking about golf a little bit. But and and I was kind of thinking, what else could you do when you only have you know a limited summer or spring right there? But you are a snowboarder. Um, Jay, are, you, are you a mohawk on the uh, helmet kind of guy? With <laughs> no, the, the, no, no. No, 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 I'm not one of those guys. No, no. <laughs> Fair enough. No, do you, do you um, still do you still snowboard or is that just is that a young man's game at one point? Like oh, I, no, no. I, I started snowboarding when I was 40. I just turned 50. Really? And okay. And I I started when I was 40. I took my three daughters out to go get skiing and snowboarding lessons. And I'm standing in the lodge watching them because we have this little bump in Sioux Falls, South Dakota that you could learn on. It's literally skiing and snowboarding on ice. Um, I can relate to that. I'm standing. Yeah. You, you, you know, from being from New York. And so I'm standing up in the lodge and I'm like, this sucks. I'm not standing here. So I walked downstairs and I looked at the kid behind the ski, uh, ski, uh, lesson shop. And I said, Hey, <laughs> he's like, what's up, man? <laughs> it's always a kid. Exactly. Yeah, man. What do you want? Yeah. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> Let me put my doobie down, he says. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, let's go come teach me how to do this. And so I said, help me get, get going. And so we got the, 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 the stuff I needed went out had a couple lessons and I fell in love with it. I basically started picking it up. I got a good buddy of mine, my best friend and I, we take a trip every year to the Rocky mountains and we go somewhere. We usually bring one or two or three kids with us and we just go and kill it for three days in a row and just hammer the hill. Man, it's um, outstanding. That sounds it's fun. awesome. It's so fun. And, and here's the other thing, guys, you guys don't know this, but a, um, I'm a hell of a cook. And so what I do is I get up early, I make a monster breakfast. We go kill the hill. We come back and we sit in the hot tub and I cook a big meal up and then we sit and drink bourbon all night long. We get up the all next right, day and we do it I, again. That's how you start with food, you end with drinks. I'm sold. 
Yep. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm sitting here listening, thinking, wow, if I team up with the right financial advisor, I might be able to have a vacation like that too one day. <laughs> we're, we're just like, so Gabe, exactly. so Gabe, we're going to your lodge in the Rockies, <laughs> yeah. right? When is that retreat happening? So <laughs> yeah, we do I, record on location. I know. I was going to say, I, I don't, I don't see the, uh, I, I don't see the, the retreat on the, uh, the financial package. <laughs> Can we add yeah, that? that? That comes down the road. Yes. <laughs> there we go. Um, all right. Well, uh, jumping back real quick, do you have you to your, uh, your business, have you found it was difficult or easy, you know, finding clients? Because it, it seems like there, there are a lot of financial advisors out there and obviously like any good match, you have to find the right people, the right clients and things like that. But have you found it that it's, it's difficult to find clients or there's a lot of people that are in search or in need of a financial advisor? What I would say is in the very beginning, it is tough to find clients. And the reason I say that is you're starting out, you have no history, you have no track record. A lot of times you have no gray hair. Uh, you might grow a beard. You might have some glasses on that might make you look a little bit older. But when you're talking about people's money, you generally got to have a little bit of, you know, a little bit of maturity going on to, to, to do it well and to do it right. Now, that being said, most people build their businesses. They start with their natural market, the people that they know. The answer is yes, it is hard, especially in the beginning. But as you start to develop a clientele and you develop a relationship and you develop even a reputation, what you start to get is you start to get referrals. And referrals are the greatest thing in the world for any business. I mean, that's the best advertising that you don't have to pay for. You just got to do a great job. So what I would say is in the beginning, yes, it's really hard, but it just keeps getting easier and easier and easier. That's why you see a lot of old financial advisors. It just keeps getting easier. It feels, it feels like the one uh, industry or, or job that as you get older, you look like you, like someone would really want to use it. It's like, that guy's been around the block. I trust him. The older, like distinguished, <laughs> you know, look. yeah. Like, you know, just, and, and that's just a very, obviously just outside looking in type of, you know, just very <laughs> jump to conclusions type of opinion. But I, I feel like when, when you have someone that has a little bit of experience, it makes you feel a little more comfortable. I mean, it's the, same, it's the same thing. Imagine, you know, I've worked with as a swim coach. Imagine, you know, as a parent, you're trying to teach or you want your child to learn how to swim. And they don't pay people that teach swimming very much money. So you get a lot of college kids, a lot of young that are just literally been trained, you know, for two days, less than two days, yeah, whatever, it, you know, it's the guy that runs a snowboard shop yeah, in the off season. Exactly. <laughs> He's in the, well, in the three days that there's summer, you know, in the heated pool. So yeah. Oh yeah. So they rock Right. Yeah. I could do that. You know, but then you have, and, and people will gravitate towards those that have experience and it's very evident when people don't have experience. So I, I completely see your point, but at the same time, I'm glad to hear that you say that it's difficult. Because I feel there's so many things this day and age that people say, no, you can, everyone, you can do it. It's not difficult. You can do it. If you're going to tackle something, I, I like to know that there's a challenge, there's obstacles, you know, it's like, no, 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 you can do it. Well, I have a follow-up question along that same line. So since you put yourself out there on the sort of world stage and started the podcast and really kind of expanded into those um, realms, have you had to turn people away that have approached you? Yeah, I've had to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, because there, there's a certain minimum that I have to maintain in basically asset size or revenues, et cetera, for it to be profitable. I mean, 
It, what, it, what about just from personality standpoints, though? Just people that kind I mean, of yeah. Raise I was up if you looked at <laughs> red flags, hair on your neck, kind of thing, where you go, "Ooh, you know what? This guy has a lot of money, but I don't think so. I can't deal with that." Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I I a have um, turned people away because the first fifteen, I have a fifteen minute initial call. The first that first fifteen minutes for someone, I'm just trying to figure out: Can I get along with this person? And can I like this person? And do I want to work with them for the next twenty years? And frankly, if they're a jerk or they're rude or, you know, condescending or whatever, I'm like, I don't got time for that. Yeah. I'm I'm I'm, I'm not wasting any more time on that person. I'll move them on um, to somebody else. And then I have a, you know, a three, two or three other financial advisors in the area that I will just refer them to. I'm like, here you go. Um, I also, and every financial advisor has done this. And so it's not like this is anything new. I have fired people. I've literally called people into my office, sat them down and said, this is not working. Well, what do you mean? You're firing me? Yep. I am firing you. Are you firing anybody else? One other person. Well, why? I said, because you're kind of pain in the ass. <laughs> I love it. Well, you asked. Hey, yeah. <laughs> you asked the question. <laughs> Look, at, Life's you know, too I, short. I, I, lo- I love that. Yeah. I, I mean, I'd rather be, you know, you may not be happy with, with, with the response. I mean, no one likes to be called a pain in the ass, but at the same time, I'd walk out of there and, and even after, you know, I, even if I, you know, cooled down a little bit, I'd be like, you know what? I am a pain in the ass. <laughs> you, you, you know, yeah. I, I totally see that. I was like, all right, fine. Yeah, Good no, for him. I, you I, know, I, but I, I really respect that. I'd rather that come at me versus someone dance around some like, well, it, it's you, not, it, it's me, not you, you know, <laughs> you know, kind of type of thing, like breaking up with somebody on through a, you know, a text or something. Yeah, and to be clear, I just meant from a, a pure personality uh, standpoint, not oh, yeah. from the compliance and ethics standpoint, because I know that you have to hold yourself to an incredibly high standard, government standards, when it comes down to compliance and ethics and and all of that, which we don't need to get into, but if anybody wants to look it up, there are all sorts of uh, very interesting websites out there that you can Google and find out what FAs have to go through to be able to uh, maintain such high standards, keep everybody safe, yeah, keep money laundering absolutely. away, cyber criminals, all that jazz. Wait, that's illegal? Oh, we need to... <laughs> yeah, don't let Ozark fool you. It's not... Uh... I, I didn't know that. It's, uh, not all, a... <laughs> it's not all glam and glitz, you know? Uh, all right, well, Gabe, do you take on... Uh, are most of your clients local to you, or do you actually... Ex- have you Based with this whole digital world, do you expand pretty much everywhere? Worldwide. Worldwide, okay. Worldwide. So yeah. if you guys are in need of a financial advisor and you would like a 15-minute window to prove that you are not an asshole, you can uh, <laughs> check out GabeNelsonFinancial.com. <laughs> and you know what? You know, if, if Gabe has the time, you know, he'll tell you straight up. But right now, he, <laughs> he'll tell you. <laughs> Indeed. And as always, we'll have links in our episode description, including Gabe's YouTube channel for Solopreneur Money for his podcast. Now, uh, I do have a question. So you have released a book. Yes. Yes. And, and there's just released a book. This is like literally hot off the presses. The book. Yes. Hot off the presses. Uh, January 11th was the day my book dropped. It's Ooh, called hot the, yes, very hot potato. The solopreneurs money manifesto, how to master your finances and create the life you want. And what it is, is 26 plus years of my life in this industry advising clients. And so I tell stories all the way through the book and the book is all basically how to 
master your finances so that you can live the life that you want. And so it is starts off with, with a, there's three sections in the book and the sections are first about getting your mind right. You know, your vision, where are you really going with your life? Where are you going with your business? And then how can you set your business up to support your life? And then what are the goals and the habits and the activities that you need to start to put in place? And then we go through the financial planning process that I go through with my clients. And then the book finishes with a, with a uh, case study, takes an actual prospective client and takes them through the financial planning process. So someone could literally take the book and follow along and go, all right, that fits me. That fits me. I can do this. I can do that. And by the end of the book, they will have actually been able, they will know what they need to do to take care of their money, to get themselves on the right path and to, you know, make sure they're on their way to achieving their goals. I I do Um, like that. It's very heavy hitting with that, you know, what are you doing with your life type of, you know, because when you, when you, when you face, you know, a question and are trying to answer something as heavy as that, it really puts everything in perspective. So I, I like that that is how you get into it because it makes you want to read more or get into it. That's true. Yeah. Where can you find your book for those that are interested? Amazon. Just go to Amazon, put in the Solopreneur's Money Manifesto. You can also go to that website, solopreneurmoney.com. That's where my uh, podcast lives. That's where my social media stuff is. That's where my YouTube channel is, solopreneurmoney.com. And we will have those links in our episode description for all of our listeners. So if you are wanting to get a hold of Gabe's book, uh, just check out that. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, honestly, if you have been renting out the snowboards for 11 to 15 years and you don't own the shop yet, you definitely need to go check this book out and get yourself on a path. There's there's no doubt. The, the thing that's different about my book is I uh, adapted a, a tool called the life wheel from coaching. So I, you know, I've been involved in, in coaching where I was involved in a coaching program for coaching financial advisors. And in this program, I came across what's called a life wheel. And the life wheel is, it's, it's like a pie divided up into, you know, triangles and each triangle represents a section of your life. And so it might be, um, geography. Do you live where you want to live? How's your business doing? Um, how's your relationships with your friends? How's your relationship with your spouse or your significant other? How are your finances? And what is your health like? Is your health on board? Is your health not? Do you eat right? Do you not eat right? Do you exercise? Do you not exercise? And so it's in the form of a life wheel. And, and there's a scale where you scale yourself on a scale from one to 10. And ideally you have a wheel that will roll. But a lot of times you might have a six on one and a two on another, and you might have an eight on one and a you know a three. Well, that's a wheel that won't roll. And so that gives you, as the reader, an opportunity to go, is my life really where I want it to be? And then once you have an understanding of where your life is at, and then how you can start to put things in place to fix that, well, then the money becomes important. Because in my opinion, the money should support your life. The money should support your life and your business, and then your business should support your life. So a lot of solopreneurs and a lot of small business owners, they get stuck. Basically, their life is supporting their business, and they are wasting away. They think they're growing for things, but a lot of times they're wasting away. They're hurting their relationships with their spouses, their kids. Usually their health is shit. And and, and next thing you know, we get down the road and they're not healthy. They're not married. Their kids don't want to talk to them. But boy, they got a lot of money. Well, well, that wasn't any, that wasn't worth it, in my opinion. Now, 
that's my values. And so that's the piece that that is different than a lot of financial books is I found that tool and I went, I want to put that in the book. And then I use it with my clients to help them really understand where they at. And then I know what decisions we need to make with their money moving forward. And so that's the piece that I would say is intriguing. Um, that's different. I mean, I could tell you, all right, go do this with your money. But the reality is, is you got to figure out what your life wants to be, then have your money support it. Fair enough. I, I actually like that more. I, I actually <clears throat> appreciate that more. Like, you know, figure out what your life wants to be. And, and I know then a lot of it, people so. with a lot of cash that are pretty darn miserable. So yeah, I can really appreciate that too. And that again, that fits right in with the people that we've been so fortunate to meet you now included that just lift people up. Is it your first book that you've written? Yeah. My first real book. Okay. Yeah. So what was the most surprising thing about writing a book? Well, let me tell you what I did and then I'll, and then I'll fill that piece in. I hired a company called Scribe. Scribe is a company out of Austin, Texas. Scribe's- I like they used to be, Yeah. Yeah. Scribe used to be called book in a box. Well, what Scribe does is- That sounds you very go, dirty. Sorry. I, I, I'm sorry, Gabe. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like I, I've been fooled before. <laughs> you know, you just, you know what you did? You know what you did, Brian, is you went down the uh, Saturday Night Live skit is what you did. I, I did. You, like, yes, that's exactly that. where my brain went. We were like, book in a box. My I'm, I'm like, I'm like well, wait a minute. <laughs> but okay, so le legit company, legit company. <laughs> Legit company, what they do, if you want to do go down this road, and this is the road I went down, is they interview you to determine if you have a book. And then what they do is they pair you with a scribe and the scribe is your ghostwriter. So what I chose to do is I chose to go down the road of hiring a company that will do the book for me. All I have to do is follow the system. And so what I basically did is I got paired with a scribe. The greatest thing in the world is that scribe is a solopreneur. He is a independent ghostwriter that writes for people. And so what I basically did is every two weeks, I had a two hour or three hour call. I can't remember what it was. I literally talked the book out for oh, eight wow. months. I talked the book out. So just like this, him and I would have Zoom calls. His, the, the technology recorded the whole thing, transcribed the whole thing. And then what his job was to do was to write the book in my voice, but better. And so the hardest part, in my opinion, was taking the time in the very beginning to outline the whole book. And so what I did is uh, when I decided I was going to write a book, I just took 15 minutes every single morning and I outlined a book and I, I did a chapter. I might did two chapters, whatever I could do in 15 minutes. I just set the timer and I did it just like that. And um, so I had my outline and then I went to the um, calls ready to go. And I, and I just trusted the system. And so the thing I'll say is I had such a good experience. I don't have a lot of things that I was like, oh, dude, that really sucked. That's the worst part about it. I even was at a point where my, my production manager, my publishing manager, her name was Natalie. She's like, okay, you're probably going to hate your book right now. I'm like, I don't hate my book. I, I'm having so much fun. This is just like a piece of cake. Because <laughs> that's what you want to hear from your production man. <laughs> you're probably going to hate this. This is like, but you know, all honesty, right? All honesty. I, I love yeah. that you. I love that you love that too. And it, I feel like it would feel like the greatest feeling in the world to get a book back that you're like, I don't hate this. Like you said, I don't hate this. Well, I, you just educated me a lot too. I had no idea these services even existed. 
I didn't either. I didn't either. It's fascinating. So, so when it came time to start reviewing the, the final product, I assume they had like their structural ideas and outlines of how they wanted the thing laid out. And then you went back and forth a little bit and agreed on, okay, I like this. I don't like that. Let's shift this around. Um, do they also handle all of the publishing and marketing on the back end? Is that part of their service? Yes. Wow. Cool. That's I, very cool. I, I feel like we're neighbors on Naga is going to have a book coming out soon. <laughs> Maybe on how to connect with your neighbors. <laughs> Maybe a um, special thanks to Gabe Nelson. That's right. Yeah. With a special shout out and in, in, in <laughs> thank you, and we'll put you right on the title page right there. <laughs> thank you, Gabe Nelson. <laughs> oh, that's fascinating. It's very very cool. So so congratulations on on the release of the yes, book. Yes, absolutely. Fantastic. Um, golf, claps, golf claps, golf claps, golf, yes. uh, golf claps. Actually, we we could probably do a, a little better than that. We can give you a a bigger applause. <laughs> Uh-huh. There you go. That's yeah. right. That's right. We can we we, we can give you that one. Then <laughs> you just love your toys. You love being able to press. I buttons. love. But I will love buttons, man. That's why you. That's the only reason I want to go to Disney World. You know that. True. Just so I can press buttons everywhere. Just and just, go, just go to a, a really knock tall children building. out of the way. Just so I can press something. You know, right? I'm telling you, a really tall building. Just hit the elevator. Spend I, spend an afternoon. You. you I I like how you. You're talking to me like I've never done that before. <laughs> <laughs> this week. Yeah. Empire State Building, look out. Oh, boy. Neighbors Don't Knock is produced by CNG Communications. CNG specializes in small batch voiceover and video production for commercial media, podcasting, radio, and more. Combined years of experience in acting, podcasting, and sales. CNG Communications offers big media products at small business prices. To learn more, visit our Facebook page or email us directly at admin at neighborsdontknock.com. And now back to the show. So, Gabe, man, great career, wonderful family. Sounds like you have some great hobbies out there. I, I hope that your family enjoys the snowboarding with you. Hopefully, it's not just a solo a weekend away. Hopefully, you guys get to get away as a family. But with the, with the book and with your clients and things, do you find time for yourself in any other way? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and first, let me jump back. My uh, my wife retired from skiing six years ago. We were uh, out in Colorado. It was a, we decided to go to Keystone and do night skiing and it was super cold, like abnormally cold. And it was really icy and she crashed from like the second time on one run and she stood up. She goes, I'm done. I'm not doing this ever again. <laughs> Fair, enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair and enough. And so then my, my two oldest daughters followed suit. And I was like, come on, girls. And then my uh, youngest one, she went like one more time that she's like, done. I'm not doing this anymore. And then last year, she comes to me at Christmas time. She goes, Dad, I want to go. I want to learn how to snowboard. I'm like, yes, <laughs> I will take you. I got I one. I will teach you. I got one. You didn't just and bring so, her back to the slopes either. You converted her. That's huge, right? Yes. Yes. And she, she's like, okay, I want to I wanna go. So I took her out. I taught her how to snowboard. And then I took her with on the, the buddy trip because he always brings a couple of his kids with. And so I, I took her on the buddy trip. And she was had the, she had the time of her life. She's like, I can't wait to go again, dad. I want to go again. So we're going again. She's going with, I just got her a brand new snowboard, new helmet, new goggles. I mean, the kid is like 
decked out and oh, ready to see, go. See, that, that's the key. Yeah. You know, you find you find dad and mom's like favorite passion, get involved in it, and then they'll they'll get you everything for it, right? <laughs> They're yeah. just like, like, oh, you want that? No problem. It's like, you know, can I have 20 bucks to go to the movies? I don't think so. But here's a new snowboard. <laughs> He has a helmet with a mohawk. Um, I, dude, I would rock the mohawk helmet. I love I know, those. I know I, you would, Brian. I, I you're, love that. you're an elevator button pusher. I know, I know. you rock the mohawk. I totally rock the mohawk. The fake spray painted graffiti on the side. Yeah. Uh, honestly, That's the Batman Forever. There you go. There you go. You know, you have to give your wife respect on this one, though, because if she drops out of skiing after night skiing, I mean, really. The only next level of intensity is like jumping out of a helicopter into an inactive volcano and skiing on the inside of that. I mean, that's really like the only next step. So I, I don't think she, you know how skiing works. I, I actually, I, <laughs> I have <laughs> friends who jumped out of a helicopter into an inactive volcano. And Are you serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, In that, fact, my parents have skied inside a volcano. That what's okay? That we we have to reevaluate some things here with the decision making. Uh, Brian, the technical definition of inactive is like. A long time. <laughs> I, I understand that. A... I, I understand that, but it's never. I, it's the mystery. I just the it, mystery. The mystery. You never know what can happen. Yeah, for me, be jumping out of the helicopter or being in the helicopter in the first place. See, that's the best never, part. The helicopter for ever me happened. That's the best part for me. Oh yeah, defy physics for a while. Yeah, I know. Well, <laughs> I like to. But okay, so Gabe, we like to ask all of our guests that come on the show. You, you know, we're all about offering neighborly advice, and you've actually offered so much to hear. But you know, for our party listeners at the very end we'd like to ask if you have any neighborly advice for anybody out there listening don't be so selfish we're all so worried about ourselves be generous if your neighbor needs their you know lawn mowed go mow their lawn if their garbage can flies all the way down the street because it was too windy that day bring the garbage can back i mean just be be a little more generous we are way too selfish in this world and um you can be more more generous and just help out. Don't don't wait to be asked. Just step in and help. That's what I would say would be a great neighborly piece of advice. I, I love like it. it. It's hard to get better than I that. I love it. It is hard to get better. And you know what? It doesn't matter how many people say something similar to that. I, I like like you said, I I think we need to can continue to say it. I, I really think that it's something important that we need to hear over and over again, like you said. I mean, I mean we we are. We're we're a little selfish. I agree entirely. And, and Gabe, we cannot thank you enough for taking the time to be with us today, for spreading your message. As we discussed earlier, we're going to put up every link that we can think of where people can find you in our, our episode description. That's right. I mean, first you can check out, you know, check out Gabe's podcast, you know, check out his services on uh, his, at GabeNelsonFinancial.com and also get his book. You can go to Amazon and we'll have that link in the episode description so you can uh, get yourself rolling on the road to success or at least uh, get a good glimpse in the mirror of what you, you should, steps you should be taking. I like it. I look forward to uh, testing out my own wheel and seeing where I, where I fall short. You don't have a square wheel. You have the round wheel, right? Dude, I'm like a V8 commercial from the 90s gone wrong. I'm just on tilt all the time. I'm a little bit crooked. Just like that one kink is like... It's, like a, it's bad, brother. But Gabe, thank you so much for taking time out for to hang out with us here on Neighbors Don't Knock. We really, really appreciate it. Oh, thank you guys. This was a blast. I appreciate it too. And for all of you listeners out there, if you want to hear more interviews and meet more neighbors such as Gabe, one, 
make sure you check out his stuff. It's really important, it, and he's doing really great things. But you can go back and check out our other seasons, our other uh, guests from this season. Subscribe to the podcast. We drop new episodes every Friday. Also, we have visual things going it's on. It's true. Go check out our YouTube channel. We're not just talking about my book in a box. That's right. <laughs> Whew. We're not going to get to that, but we'll see you guys next week. Peace. Out.